Welcome to another episode of Out the Rabbit Hole here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, also on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Robert Larson. This is our November 1st, 2007 edition of the show. Before we get started, a couple quick reminders. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the KUCI staff or management or the UC Board of Regents. And I love getting feedback on the show, so you can do that by emailing me at rglarson at kuci.org. You can also catch me on MySpace. That's myspace.com slash outtherabbithole. A recent event that has caused quite a stir here on the UC Irvine campus, as well as campuses across the country, was the Islamofascism Awareness Week. What the hell is Islamofascism? Is it an emotionally charged term of bigotry, as many are claiming? An absurd term as divorced from reality as the war on terror, as others are claiming? Or is it something real that we need to be concerned about? We want to uh, discuss this today within the context of the attack on Iran that many neocons and others within the U.S. are calling for. I'd like to thank T.R. Black for producing today's show and agreeing to be in-studio guest. Uh, T.R., uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me in, Robert. Yeah, and, and really, thank you so much for uh, putting together what you did today. Uh, let's talk about that. You actually tried to get a hold of a lot of people and what, what's take, going down. I'll take the blame. And by, by the way, just so you know, for future use, that producer has been fired, so <laughs> this, this won't happen again. Uh, one of Mr. Horowitz's concerns was to speak about an article that was uh, that is found on this week's uh, edition of the New University, which is on newsstands where intellectual papers are uh, available anywhere in Orange County, and also online. Simply type newuniversity.com. Okay. And uh, go on and check it out. It, he's in the, uh, it's a featured article. It's an op-ed piece. Horowitz disguises racism as awareness by Nathan Tumazi. Mr. Tumazi was invited, unfortunately, not till yesterday. It's hard to, because that newspaper is all uh, volunteers as we are at the station. It, it's hard to get through to some people. Um, I did uh, get him some emails, and if he is listening and he does know the call number, we'd be happy to have him on. But anyway, an, an invitation was extended to him. And also, um, there was a fine uh, op-ed piece in the same paper last week on the uh, October 22nd version of uh, of the uh, new university online uh, by Maria Mustafa called Islamofascism Week Fosters Racism and Hatred. It's another well-written piece. Um, as of yesterday, Mr. Horowitz hadn't read it, but I did direct him to read it in case he wanted to comment on that piece. And uh, Mar- Mariam Mustafa has midterms to this, right at this very time. <laughs> Uh, and it sounds like a song, I know, but uh, she would love to have been with us and, and spoke with him at length, and I know I'm dragging this out. I also uh, put forth, uh, since in the uh, in the realm of neocons, I did extend an offer to any of the editors at the Weekly Standard, but the uh, Larry Craig-type uh, uh, receptionist uh, kind of lost my call. And then turned me over to a Larry Craig-type uh, assistant editor who said no, no one was interested in that, in that discussion. We're speaking about how the neocons are driving us toward a war in Iran, and that was it. And finally, I, I wanted to get a moderate voice uh, for Judaism here on campus, so I reached out to, to Hillel 
uh, on UCI, and they referred me to a gentleman named Isaac, uh, who heads the Anteaters for Israel. Nice gentleman. I finally got to speak to him today because we've been playing phone tag. He wasn't sure whether he would join us or not, but uh, they have very moderate views, um, and basically the essence is is that the vast majority of Muslims are not terrorists or Islamofascists or anything of that nature, um, and that he, he, he only looks at Horowitz to talk about the exact extremists and not try to put a, a veil over the whole group, so to speak, and that's where we're at for today. So hopefully we still have Mr. Horowitz okay, on, so on the agenda. You did get Mr. Horowitz lined up, and, and we are supposed to call him in just a minute, so we're going to do that. Uh, Dave, David Horowitz, uh, the initiator of the Islamofascism Awareness Week, a, a top uh, conservative uh, thinker, uh, neocon-leaning uh, person. So hopefully we'll have him up in just a minute, and uh, maybe one of the other guests you invited, TR, will just drop in uh, you never one of these know. columnists from the uh, new university, right? Correct. Yeah. And uh, let me make a correction on that. Uh, the articles can be found at newu, that's N-E-W-U dot U-C-I dot E-D-U. Okay, okay, so let's uh, go to some music real quick here, and uh, then we'll see if we can get Mr. Horowitz on the line, and we'll get this discussion underway. This is Robert Larson with T.R. Black on Out the Rabbit Hole, KUCI in Irvine. A little music here from Johnny Hickman, and we'll be right back with you. Okay, welcome back to Out the Rabbit Hole here on KUCI, 88.9 FM in Irvine, also on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Robert Larson in studio today with me as a special in-studio guest is T.R. Black, and we have our uh, special guest on the phone. We got him lined up, and uh, we'll have him right up for you. He is David Horowitz, editor-in-chief of Front Page Magazine and author of many provocative books. He is the initiator of last week's Islamofascism Awareness Program and made the news recently regarding comments made at Columbia University. He is an articulate voice of the right and staunch defender of Israel. You can find his writings at www.frontpagemag.com. David Horowitz, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. It's great to have you. Uh, so let's. Uh, what was Islamofascism Awareness Week, and why do you feel so many uh, are taking issue with you over it? Uh, good questions. Um, well, Islamofascism Awareness Week was uh, an effort to put on the radar screen um, our view of who the enemy is. The president of the United States uh, says the enemy is terror, but terror, as everybody knows, is a tactic. It's odd to be in a war. Um, where you you can't identify the enemy, what his nature is, what his agendas are. Um, The term Islamofascism seems to be a completely appropriate term. Um, What we're fighting is a radical movement within Islam uh, that began in Egypt in the 1920s. It was brotherhood. It, it's a political version of Islam. That is, it seeks uh, to establish a caliphate, uh, which it would be a, a state power, not, not a nation state, but a global state. Um, and that would enforce uh, their interpretation of Islamic religious doctrine on everybody. And that means um, at the point of a gun. So it's a totalitarian. Uh, it's a totalitarian movement as well. And the poster we use for Islamofascism Awareness Week uh, uh, symbolizes that. It's a picture of a woman 
a Muslim woman whose head is about to be blown off by a Taliban soldier because she transgressed some religious law about uh, sexual activity. Um, the campaign against it um, the week had been a particularly vicious uh, campaign of uh, slander. Um, it, it, first of all, it completely misrepresents the week as being against all Muslims. It's a defense of most Muslims because most Muslims do not support Osama bin Laden or Hamas or Hezbollah or Ahmadinejad. Uh, and those would be four characteristic Islamo-fascist uh, organizations. Um, well, well, and let, the campaign, oddly, not oddly, was organized by groups like the Revolutionary Communist Party, which supports the uh, Islamo-fascists, like the Muslim Student Union at uh, UC Irvine, which is a pro-Hamas, pro-terrorist, Islamo-fascist group. Um, and th these are the people uh, who, have set, who set out to end the discussion entirely by defaming us. If you call somebody a racist and a bigot, which is what they did, that means you shouldn't be listening to them. Okay, so it, I agree with you that, that, that not all Muslims uh, hold this ideology, and that there are some extre extremist Muslims that do uh, are opposed to human rights and uh, and uh, d democracy and things that we cherish. But it, it appears to many of us that the American and Israeli neocon movement, with its promotion of preemptive wars, torture, and a security state, its disdain, its disdain for international law, separation of powers, and the Bill of Rights, is as close to anything we've historically thought of as fascism. And some would say that you are engaging in psychological projection. What, what well, is your response well, to that? Uh, first of all, you're identifying me as a neoconservative, but... Um, uh, which is a presumption. No, are you but, in agreement but, with that? Uh, but, 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 <laughs> The, um, I don't know anybody uh, who supports torture. Um, that, the, the way the left operates is to use these, these terms rhetorically. If you disagree with somebody, they're a fascist. If somebody uh, uh, disagrees with you on the definition of torture, they support torture instead of arguing the issues. Um, Anyway, none of this was really part of the support for the war. None of that was, was part of this. This was a, uh, the Islamofascism Awareness Week was to highlight the oppression of women in Islamic countries. A woman in a, in a, in a, in a, a Muslim country where the state is Muslim, it's unlike, for example, Turkey, Turkey, which has a secular state, women count for half a man. Uh, in the more radical regimes, women can't testify in their own behalf. There are 52 countries in the world where there have been honor killings of women, which means if a woman is raped, a member of her family, to, uh, because the family is shamed by her being raped, they kill her. Uh, it's, you know, I, I don't know how people who think of themselves as progressives um, cannot be appalled by the Iranian regime, which has executed 4,000 homosexuals, which stones women to death, which hangs them from cranes, which is a, uh, you know, so they slowly suffocate. Um, it's not a trap door. Well, they shouldn't be hung anyway for the kind of crimes they're accused of. So uh, I, I think that, you know, the week was completely uh, and self-evidently uh, misrepresented. There were three articles in the 
uh, university, what's it called, University News for UCI. The new you. Um, you know, lying about me, about what I've said, uh, uh, defaming us as racists, and uh, uh, you know, me, to f- saying we should be forced <laughs> forced off campus. That, Th- those that's are, fascism. That's, that's I don't right. know any neoconservatives who want to shut down the argument, uh, right. stop people from talking. I mean, we can have disagreements about right. foreign policy, but I don't know of any neoconservatives who would remotely be called fascists. They're actually quite old-fashioned Hubert Humphrey liberals. <laughs> right, but who've changed their stripes. But um, on what you were saying, hi, David, this is T.R. Black, and I just want to thank you very much for joining hi, us today. Well, thank you for hey, inviting sir. me. I appreciate, you, you know, the you, whole agenda of my week was to start a dialogue. Right. Um, You've certainly done I that and more. What is that the opposition just wanted to shut down right. the dialogue. Without the opposition, do you think you would have gotten as much publicity as you did? Of course not. Well, there you go. So we're trying to help well, out with that. The agenda really was to, to bring a discussion to campus. Um, you know, I, I, I obviously have a lot of experience with the left, and uh, I know that they, the left is a, uh, the, the left certainly that attacked us has a fascist mentality, which is you call people names, you intimidate them, and uh, if that doesn't work, um, you me, know, you, you try to break up their right. meetings, which let is what the communists and the fascists did in, me, in the 1930s and how they ended the, the Weimar Republic. Okay, let me ask you a question in that sure. regard as far as shutting down conversation by using terminology. Now, um, on your website, I noticed you have an attack on Carter's book for being an anti-Semite. Yeah, yeah, right. Have I you him a Jew hater and a have, genocide enabler. Have you read the book? You think I can shut down Jimmy Carter? No. Have you read the book, though? Yeah. Okay. And did you see the movie by Jonathan Demme on his book tour? I, I didn't see the okay. Jonathan Demme yeah. movie, no. It's, a, it's an excellent uh, uh, film, and it's playing right over here at UCI and at West Park. Um, in that, he, he defends himself quite well, and there are a lot of angry... Israel, uh, not Israelis, excuse me, American Jewish people who are heavy supporters of Israel who try to shut him down from signing books and speaking. So, and by the, by you calling him an anti-Semite, it's kind of like people calling you a fascist and trying to shut you down. I'm just, well, I'm just saying there are some parallels between your approach. And I'm not a fascist and I'm not a racist. That's one difference. Secondly, but you're using wait, wait, that terminology on him. Look, I, I've taken a lot of hits, and I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to take hits. Sure. My problem here is with the students. The students, uh, you know, I guess it was college Republicans. I don't know who put on the event, or maybe Young America's Foundation. They're students at UC Irvine. It's one thing if you're a former president of the United States and a Nobel Prize winner, and you have, you know, this huge Jimmy Carter Center, which probably has a $100 million budget. I don't know what it is. Um you can take a lot more attacks uh, than other people. If you're a student at UC Irvine and somebody calls you a racist, that's a big problem for you. So it's, you know, it's the level at which, you know, at which the attacks take place. I, there's no way in our political culture today, unfortunately, um, you know, to avoid this kind of battle. That I understand, and I don't complain about it. You know, okay. I can... I'd give as good as I get. Yeah, you do. You do a, a, a good job uh, in your articulation. I, I am, you know, look, I, I'm a geezer by now. I'm, I'm concerned about students and, and the, the, the quality of 
of uh, discourse on university campuses. My whole academic freedom campaign is really about that. It's not about point of view politics. It's that I learned that on, a, on college campuses these days, there are issues that you can't have an intellectual discussion about. Well, we're trying to do that today. I would just like to make a quick clarification, if I might. The two pieces that uh, I found on the uh, new U, which is the UCI paper, were op-ed pieces. They were not articles. And and to make a diff- make a point about the difference is the Columbia Spectator had an article about your visit, which is pros and cons, and and is a news article. It's not, <coughs> excuse me. It it's not a, a an attack piece or an op-ed no. piece. So did you now? You did want to discuss. It. Were th- were there any passages? Well, yeah. I on mean, these two op-ed know, pieces uh, in particular, we did uh, invite the authors, but unfortunately, they have other well, things. Well, you know, <laughs> Tomasi, for example, Nathan Tomasi. There were two third-year international studies students who also, well, I don't know, one of them was a member of the Muslim Students Union, which means he's on the other side of the war on terror, um, so far as I can see. I mean, uh, the MSU at UC Irvine is notorious for supporting a genocidal organization. Um, a genocidal said, organization? You know, that I wanted to return universities to their religious and white supremacist origins. Well, their religious origins were Christian, and Jews weren't allowed. So being a Jew, and recalling when I went to Columbia that there was a quota system there, and I couldn't go to Princeton uh, because it was so hostile to Jews, why on earth would I be an advocate of returning universities to their religious origins? So he just made that up. Uh, And I I think even with an op-ed piece, the editors have a responsibility uh, you know, to have people be a- as accurate as possible, and that's not always possible, and also not to defame people. And then calling me a white supremacist. You know, I marched in my first civil rights march in 1948, which is not only before Nathan was born, but before his parents were born. Um, so, you know, I took a little umbrage at that. And I don't have the... Well, I, the the university... News has given me the opportunity to reply, so I'm 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 pleased with that. I think if there's a, if you have a chance to defend yourself, that's fine. Okay, uh, this is out the rabbit hole. KUCI in Irvine. I'm Robert Larson, and we're having a discussion today with. David Horowitz, and uh, he is the initiator of last week's Islamofascism Awareness Program, and he uh, is the uh, his website is www.frontpagemag.com, and uh, he's the editor in chief of that magazine. Also in studio with me today is T. R. Black, and uh, David, I wanted to. Uh, kind of clarify a couple of things earlier uh you know i i was sort of making the point that there are many of us who feel that the neocon movement is more of a fascist threat to america than any islamic organization yeah, but, but know, wait a minute let me right. let me finish my point and, and i didn't you said oh I, I, what makes you think i'm a neocon i'm not saying you're a neocon but address that concern that we think that many of the moves being created by the Bush administration with neocon backing are steps towards fascism. Okay, look, first of all, uh, I I don't know who you're talking about when you're talking about the neocons. If you're talking about the three Jews who were in the administration, it it always bewilders me that people think that Jews can have so much influence. They're tiny, that's like 
what are they, uh, 0.2% of the world's population. I didn't say Jews, I said neocons. 3% of the American population, George Bush isn't Jewish, and he's not a neocon, neither is Cheney. I'm not talking about Jews. Uh, So you pick a deputy secretary of defense, you know, and so forth. Um, It's beyond me. Cindy Sheehan, just to give examples, Cindy Sheehan openly is supporting our enemies, as is the Muslim Students Union at... UC Irvine. Are they being thrown in jail? How are they openly supporting our enemies? I mean, this is the most freest, most tolerant, most democratic country in the world, and under George Bush it has been the freest, most tolerant, most democratic country. We've been attacked. I would completely disagree with that. In which it would not be that hard for one terrorist to bring in a uh, dirty nuclear bomb and blow up 100,000 people. And so we have certain security measures. To call that fascism is absurd. No, actually, it's, it's not. Uh, the, TS- the, language. the TSA itself is an example of fascism with all the uniforms at an airport. So they're not pr- the TSA. They're protecting us from nothing. That's fascism. It is. Oh, my friend. Absolutely. And you know, well, I think there should be a special airline for people like you with no security. Uh, so you can get yourself blown up, and you have, you have to find pilots who also I think, think that there I think be that no TSA. paranoia like I that mean, is really what's you driving the, the problem. The world and the pre- there's a real world out there. Uh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> it, the there's a real reason, world. The, we have lost some of our freedoms because of the terrorists, because of organizations uh, like Hamas and Hezbollah, yeah, They've never attacked the America. Security began with a terrorist named Yasser Arafat. It was hijacking. Planes. But now you're confusing America with Israel. Yeah. Uh, pardon? You're what? confusing America with Israel. Hamas and Hezbollah attack Israel. They don't attack the U.S. Well, they're Nazis. You support Nazis? Well, they're Nazis. <laughs> I haven't seen them wearing any of those <laughs> paraphernalia. Uh, well, because Nasrallah has called for the death to, to all to you, both of you, death to America. <clears throat> Death to Jews, not to just Israel, but to Jews. He stated it in so many words. Well, that is, uh, you know, if you guys support that, it's a, we don't. Support I don't think them. it's a black so and I white world. Uh, now, now, you want to talk about the Middle East? We can talk about the Middle East. Well, it's all connected. It's all connected. Cause, the Palestinian cause is an Islamic cause that has nothing to do with the state and nothing to do with land. And the land was never Palestinian. It wasn't even Arab when Israel was created. It wasn't Arab land. It it belonged to the Ottoman Turks for 400 years. They lost it in the First World War because they joined the wrong side, and it was divided up. And uh, there was a piece of it. Okay, so Mr. Horowitz, you don't... There is no ethnic group Palestinian. There isn't? Well, really? a lot of people think they well, call themselves uh, that. You know, if you go back and just read the text, you'll find you'll find that it wasn't until 1964 that the Palestinians began to identify themselves that way. Well, now, now so you don't believe that the, the Arabs in the region uh, okay, have let the us, same religion? Let us get a word in here. You don't believe that the Palestinians have a right uh, to a homeland? You don't believe in a two-state they solution? Want a do you read what Arafat says? Do you Arafat's read what dead. Arafat says? They want a Muslim empire throughout the whole Arab world. That's what it's about. Well, they don't if have. They wanted a state in the West Bank. They had it. Uh, recall that first of all, 
in the, from 1949 to 1967, the West Bank had been, <clears throat> was part of Jordan. Jordan is 70% Palestinian Arabs, 70% of the population. How come nobody is calling for a Palestinian state in Jordan, which is ruled by a Hashemite monarchy? The answer is they don't want a state. They want to push the Jews into the sea. That's always been their agenda. You don't uh, believe there are any moderate Palestinians who want to have a peaceful coexistence with the Israelis? Seventy percent voted for Hamas, which in its charter calls for the obliteration of, Isla, of Israel by Islam. By Islam. Read the charter. Seventy percent voted for that. The other well, we obliterated Baghdad. Does that make us terrorists? Headed, uh, the, the difference between uh, Fatah and Hamas is that Fatah is corrupt. Uh, what, pal where is the Palestinians' peace movement? Okay, well, let where me ask you this. Okay, let criticize their government. Th there are they're plenty dead. out there. That's there are plenty out are. there. Now, Especially let, let, me, in America. let me ask you about this. Uh, well, I talk about fascism. Look uh, at Gaza. Uh, look at the West Bank. Uh, all right. Let, now, Israel, Israel, you know, the other side in this conflict here, has... Uh, uh, human rights record that is not very good. They've been uh, better than all the Arab countries. They every, do. Every they do torture people. The they by, do attack civilians. Miles. Are you kidding? There are a million Arabs who live peacefully in Israel, who vote, who uh, sit in the Knesset, who have the, when they take their cases to the Israeli Supreme Court, have them decided in their favor. They have more <laughs> rights than Arabs in any. Arab state. That's not David, true. David, now, David. Me, why, why are the Jewish settlements an issue? Mr. Okay. Horowitz, Mr. Horowitz. If Arabs can live in Israel, okay. why let, can't can Jews I, live in the West Bank? Let us get a word in here. Can I ask you? The answer is because the Palestinians <laughs> have been schooled in Jew hatred, okay. ethnic hatred, ethnic cleansing from the time they're toddlers. And what do you think the Hasids are trained at? The Hasidic Jews are How do you think they're trained? The what? How do you think the Hasidic Jews are trained? The Hasidic Jews? Do you know how many, what percentage of, the, of any Jewish community you think Hasidic Jews are? I'm talking Doesn't about matter. 70, 80, 90 percent of the Palestinian population <laughs> is raised on Jew hatred, raised to want to push the Jews in the sea and kill them. It's ignorance. That's why there's no peace in the Middle it's East. It's ignorance. There's no question about it. A lot of, America, a lot of Americans are indoctrinated into Christianity, too, and that's, as, that's just as bad. The what? A lot of Americans are indoctrinated into Christianity, which is just as bad. Let me just say, if, if, if you believe in democracy, just let me ask you to step outside the box for one second, Go okay? Ahead. All right, good. Would you agree that the vast majority of the population of the Middle East does not want a Jewish state in its... They don't want Jews in the Middle East. Correct. So that's a let him finish here. That's a democratic as a, as a, vote, correct? In a way, it, yeah, it's the, okay. Who said that uh, <clears throat> fascism can't be uh, did, voted in? I mean, did you, won by did a you, vote. He didn't get the majority. Did you just, but he got a vote? The Palestinians you, are worse than the Nazis because stop. they proclaim. We we heard that agenda. point. We heard that point. Now that's crazy to say they're worse than the Nazis. We've heard that point. And people applaud him, including you guys. Uh, We're not applauding him. Let me well, ask: Have you seen the? Have you seen the latest? You're not applauding him. Okay, come on. What it means, Mr. Horowitz? Let us get it. Have in. you seen the latest documentary on Gold Gold in My Ear? What about it? Have you I seen it with Valerie Harper? She plays twelve different characters. She's incredible. It's an incredible film. 
Golda Meir was an incredible individual, and she was a pioneer, and she fought for Israel. What I don't understand and what wasn't mentioned in the film, and maybe you can shed some light on this, and that is she fought for that land, like you said, which was not really contested by anything, and they 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 created uh, farms, and, and they made it sustainable. Um, but she came from a a anarchy background when she moved out of the United States. She was a non-religious, very, yeah. very secular, and yet it seems like all the reasons and rationales to have Israel be on the land that it's on are religious based on 2,000 years oh, plus, no, et cetera, et cetera. on 2,000 years of persecution, my friend. Correct, Mundo. Right. Understand. Understand. I've seen. Okay. I've seen over and, uh, 90 films on the Holocaust. The I haven't cause. met a Jew that's seen more films on the Holocaust than me. Please don't lecture me on that. My point is, is. Is there a time and a place to say, look, Israel's just going to be a failed state. Let's move it. You have the cash. You have the capital. Why not move it? Let's try to well, find look, a place that Israel's you can buy the land. Israel's were black. If this was Rwanda, and they were talking about, and it was the only black state, and they were talking about eliminating Rwanda, you get the point in a heartbeat. It's because it's Jews that you don't get the point. Come I'm on, saying yeah, I would just, rather have Israel closer to America than the have Arabs it create so many problems in the well, Mideast because it's affecting America well, negatively. The Arab states, there was another democracy in the Middle East that wasn't Muslim. You know what its name was? It doesn't matter. Oh, no, it does matter it because doesn't. they destroyed it. This Lebanon was a Christian democracy, right. and, they, and, the, and this Islamic movement destroyed it. And that should just tell you... How can you guys... It does. It tells me I mean, that it's a democracy over like there, and, and they don't course. want you. I can't understand how you can embrace Islamo-fascism. We're not. <laughs> embracing We're not. Do you see us moving it's over there? Israel We're saying let them have that, that sand and get let it go. To, to have a state there as uh, Jordan or Syria. All right, all right. These now you're talking about... created by the European powers. Actually, Israel was created by the UN, but the others were just created by, uh, you know, French imperialists and British imperialists. Syria, uh, all Iraq, right. Yeah, we uh, know Lebanon, that. We know that. Jordan. Okay, let's talk about... You talk about democratic governments. In Iran in the 1950s, they had a democratically elected oh, government God, that we you know, helped to overthrow. No wonder the, the Iranians the 1960s, hate us. the 60s about that. You know... What, what, what's the deal here? Uh, Jimmy, look. They, they should they feel more threatened by America, us than we should by them. Tehran, when, when America was designated the great Satan, it was by Khomeini. Who was the president then? It was Jimmy Carter. And what did Carter do? He undermined the Shah, pulled the rug from under the Shah, who was the guy Well, the Shah was a real fascist. Overthrow. So, uh, Jimmy, it, it, Jimmy, Jimmy Carter, Carter was, was standing up to fascism. The Iranians controlled their oil, and yet they had a crowd of millions strong chanting death to America. They are religious fanatics. Well, you see they what happens, David. That's some politics. Iranians, that's some Persians, right. that's not all of them. And by, when we, we, There's a democratically elected government, and we help to overthrow it and install a fascist government. We often end up getting I'm something you, worse. which is when America hatred became the state religion in Iran, Jimmy Carter was president, and he supported Khomeini. Uh, Andrew Young, who was the ambassador to the U.N., uh, called Khomeini a saint. Um, this is why we don't trust liberals. But still, America supported oh, Khomeini 
and yet he called us the great Satan. You have to read Khomeini's writings. He's a religious nut. You guys <laughs> probably think uh, the late Jerry Falwell was a threat. He was. He is. He was a teddy bear. He's a threat as a dead man. You know, these people are are extreme. We have extremists in our own country. Here's the thing. We don't have any extreme. Well, we here's the thing. Extremists we have in our own country who are like are the neocons who are in power. The neocons and the religious nuts, the Jerry Falwells and Pat Robertsons. Jerry Falwell wasn't like that. Come on. Yes, these people believe in theocracy. He's more subversive. They believe in theocracy. They just do not have the power to implement it that some of these Muslims who also believe in theocracy have. Now, here's here's the thing. These Muslim groups, there are extremist groups. There are many extremists. Why are you supporting a theocracy? We We do not. You do. We don't. You support a theocracy. We don't. George George Bush has many theocratic elements. You don't support uh, Hamas, which wants to establish one. Why would we? We're, we're, we're not part of the voting public over there. We don't support them. Oh, come on. Don't give me that crap. Why would we support <laughs> you them? Know, look, I, you guys go out in the street and demonstrate against Hamas or against George Bush. Give me a break. Neither one. Well, no, I uh, protest against George Bush because he is in so my country. He is a threat to George, me. Hamas just is so no you know, threat to me. Why do you want to save Saddam George, Hussein or Ahmadinejad from their justly deserved Let me ask you. Th- well, you <clears throat> think it was worth 3,000 American deaths and 300,000 or maybe uh, a million Iraqi to deaths a to get rid of Saddam Hussein? You. you can read my book. I wrote a book called Unholy Alliance, which is about radical Islam and the American left, but it's also about the Iraq war and why we went to war. Uh, we went to war to enrich the Halliburtons and the Bechtels and the Blackwaters of the world and to take control of the Middle East. It's all in the PNAC documents who your friends all signed. Let me ask you a quick question. We all know that George Bush was not elected in either election, okay? That's a mathematical fact. Did you know that he was... He, idiotic statement. It's not it's an idiotic statement. statement. Here's, here's, here's the idiocy. A, he won, he it's a matter of fact. No, no, he didn't. He was awarded. He was awarded it by a, a right-wing Catholic Supreme Court. We have hundreds of pages of documents proving that he manipulated the election, did not win more votes. You know, look, he didn't look. He couldn't become commissioner of baseball against. Uh, no, he didn't. Not at all. No, the, all the exit polls indicate Kerry won easily. There it were, wasn't it, even close. There were six, six, six or seven. Three million. Not. Obviously. Not. You had a big problem in Ohio. Oh, yeah. So, in other words, in yeah, 2000, and, you think the and, Electoral College is a fraud. But well, the Electoral College has always been a fraud, regardless of what party's in. He did, did not, not lose by three million that's, votes. That's, there, that's a mainstream media production. If you production. go by the exit polls, there were six or seven swing states that were awarded to Bush that actually should have gone to Kerry. Absolutely. There were all the funny I, business. You're using the same uh, you know, self-contradictory argument. Not even Either a little bit. The Electoral bit. College is important. No, we don't. Or the pop- no, Kerry it's not. The You're absolutely wrong. The electoral. Kerry that's won right. Both. The Electoral College is for landowners. It was a bad idea by the founders. Okay, so it's long overdue. The electoral College here. You're arguing that... Uh, that uh, We're arguing that he didn't have the electoral vote or... He didn't win either. He didn't win on any level. We don't like the Electoral College, but the fact is that Kerry won the Electoral College and the popular vote, as did Gore. It's striking to us that an intelligent man like you could support a man whose intelligence is as low as George Bush's. Let me tell you, he yeah, could not be. He could not become. How come Al Gore wasn't smart enough to do it? 
He was. He was elected. He was elected by far. Do you think 10,000 elderly Jews voted for Pat Buchanan in Florida? Do you think they did? You guys are true religious. Do you think they did? Answer the question. That bad ballot. You can't answer. Yes, it was. Who didn't know know how to use PageMaker? That's right. She was inept, but that should not sway an election to a man who couldn't be who couldn't beat a used car salesman, Bud Bud Selig, for for the commissioner of baseball. Okay. Let me ask a question about Cheney. What's Cheney's background? What did? How did he grow up? And what college did he go to? And what was his degree in? And how did that qualify him to become the instant chairman of the board of Halliburton Company upon his dismissal from office in 92? I don't know. What do you know about the uh, revenues of Halliburton under his uh, chairmanship? Massively increased. And that's yeah, what okay, he, he so gets. Uh, because of what? Because, because he signed $3 billion worth of contracts with the Defense Department, which he was the head of. That's called quid pro quo. So no, that's a fascist no, government, quid pro quo, fascism as described by Fel- by Fellini, yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, this is Out the Rabbit Hole, KUCI in Irvine. I'm Robert Larson with TR Black in studio with me today, and we have on the line our special guest, David Horowitz. He is editor-in-chief of Front Page Magazine, and uh, he is author of many provocative books and the initiator of last week's Islamofascism Awareness Program. Uh, you can uh, find his writings at www.frontpagemag.com frontpagemag.com. So, David Horowitz, do you think there's any area where you would have agreement uh, with uh, TR and uh, me? Yeah, I, I agree with you that I should have been on the show, and I think it's to your credit that you, you know, engage here. Um, <laughs> that shows a certain self-confidence, which is good. David, I want to alert you to something, okay? I had a show here two years ago. I invited people of a conservative bent every single week i bent over backwards i have thousands of emails i can show you and i was declined declined and denied on almost every single occasion right there was one brave soul from the um from the claremont institute uh dr masugi who is wonderful but it's yes he's a wonderful guy it's very difficult to get your voice on these uh, radio stations as you guys know i mean uh you got you got an instant response from me i'm always up you did great uh, (laughs) give and take here all all right well so uh i I do want to correct one thing earlier in the show i said that our uh government supports torture and and you said that's not true no, and you and, said that uh, to, you describe well, I don't know if it was you but what have you described neoconservatives as uh, I don't know pro war pro torture uh, yeah pro-fascist. okay well let me say dick cheney is a neocon He's he signed on to the project for a new American century. Dick Cheney supports torture. They uh, he, no, he yes he, he does. His his lawyer David you know Addington what? and I mean, and on, John Yu these people it's have argued. To have a, a conversation. Well, no, let me make my point and you can respond. You can respond, David. You can respond. The dispute is over. What constitutes torture, and what is you know what is it called? Um, is waterboarding torture? Methods. There's a big difference. We have, there's several documented cases. We have, you know, the Red Cross. We have Amnesty International. Amnesty International. Is yeah, a I know. They're, 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 uh, they're communists, so the, everything and, they say uh, doesn't count. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, but, no, this is documented. We have several yeah, books I mean, been written. People within the military, we have documents of our own military saying that torture took place at Guantanamo. Torture took place at Abu Ghraib. Dick Cheney was in support of this. 
George Bush says he has these signing statements saying that the Congress passes a law saying, well, we can't torture. And he says, well, I can if I want to, but with his signing statement. These guys do believe in torture. They believe it is good policy for America. I know you don't think we're in a war. I know you don't think we're under great uh, under siege. uh, We're not in a war and we're not under siege and there's no evidence of that. tomorrow morning and there could be 100,000 Americans dead from a dirty nuclear bomb. And, and therefore, so we're going to throw out the Bill sir, of Rights. Sir, there could be 100,000 dead. You want to hold America up to unbelievable standards yes. that no other nation in the world Correct. can hold up to. If you're number uh, one, you, you should do that. You should do that, yeah. For these, you know, little Islamic Nazis that run around the Middle East killing people. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I could have this discussion with you, except that the weight of your argument, you know, you have to weigh... Uh, a position when your when your uh, thrust here, the kind of rhetoric you use against the West, uh, shows that you think the West is the bad guy. And some uh, people within the West the, are bad guys, but we think we're good guys. We think the majority. We think the majority. are freedom fighters for the oppressed. <laughs> Why would you say that when we never made that claim ever, and we have no desire to live in that part of the world ever? Well, Why would you I'm make sure that claim? You don't. David, we we consider our yeah, I know security. We consider ourselves patriots for leftists to go to the country that they think is better than ours. There's no need for for TSA on any domestic flight at all. But we're trying to save our country. We believe in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. We are American patriots. We believe our country is more under attack from within. Now, not to say that there aren't Islamics or people of all stripes who want to... Now, let me ask you another thing. You think that the elected president of the United States is the enemy? He is. He is an enemy, and he's not the elected president of the United States. He is a subversive. George W. Bush is a subversive. He's anti anti-American is a subversive. He's the enemy of a sustainable planet. Now, but let me ask you, get back to this torture thing. Did we need to use torture to win World War II? No. You know, I, have to t- I, I hate to tell you this. You guys may be experts on the use of torture in the military interrogations. I'm not. But, but you, we didn't. You can I, ask I the experts. The, you know, I, I understand the, the left. I know how they like to exploit anything uh, to hand. I We're not on the left. We're in the center. These Guantanamo vermin by you guys. Some of the guys at Guantanamo were innocent. They were released because they were innocent. troops in Iraq in Guantanamo. You know, people... What about the guys at Guantanamo that were innocent? In the middle of a war. And the 14 or so... There's no war. What country are we at war with? What country are we at war with? We're not at war with any country. Okay, so let's... Uh, now, the you fact is, we know... When the country is at war and you say we're the enemy. Okay, no. now, here's the thing. We know during World War II... We're occupied state. We know during World War II that the Nazis and the Japanese used torture to the nth degree. And they lost. So, did the torture help yeah, them win? We no. We the atomic bomb. Hooray for us. We didn't we need the atomic bomb the to defeat Germany. The war Germany. was over by that time. That was a major Twice. mistake yeah, by the Truman. the atomic bomb didn't make us end the war. We'd already be defeated Germany, and they had used torture. Oh, you are so wrong. I have friends who are alive today because of the we dropped the atomic bomb. That's, Did the the that's atomic bomb had assumption. nothing to do with defeating Germany. And Germany used torture to the, more than probably any country. I mean, this is an absurd argument. What you have no. to do is you have to know the specific cases. Uh, you don't Present you begin some. to know what they got from harsh interrogation methods that saved your life. 
well, there's they've really? never shown any evidence. evidence. And of course, conveniently, there's no evidence. No you evidence. don't know anything either. I would sacrifice my life. Uh, you're willing to trust. You're willing to trust people who are overtly corrupt. You're willing to trust overtly corrupt people. We're not. That's a difference. No, I don't. I don't trust anybody. You, do you? Do I trust some people? What do you trust? There's people that. Well, Johnny Carson, I trusted him. <laughs> well, okay. That was a good choice. Now, now, now the. I trusted uh, Johnny Carson too. All right. See, but we have I some areas of agreement. Trust. All right, but but torture. Is is a war crime? Torture is torture is terrorism. When we resort to but torture, you, we have become terrorists. We have lost. We have lost. We are terrorists. If we torture people, we're terrorists, and we've lost. It's over. Game over. We've lost. America is over. That are on the other side of this war. Come on. You know why Al Qaeda lost and Al and Bar because they sort of. Muslim heads for smoke for Muslims who smoked a cigarette. It's off the charts. What, what does that have to do? This country is guilty of amazing crimes throughout history, with, too. That's who you are making apologies for. No, we're not. We are not making apologies for them. We think they're abhorrent, but we don't think they're worth American lives to go over there. We were totally opposed to the CIA's support of al-Qaeda. We were totally opposed to our support of Saddam Hussein. Right. But the right seems to be happy with that. I thought we overthrew Saddam Hussein. In the 80s, we supported Correct. Saddam Reagan. Hussein. I spoke out against Reagan. that. I'm him? sure you Tell didn't. Me, were, you, were you out there defending him when we were trying to overthrow him? I was never defending Saddam Hussein. Oh, no, I think he's on. one of the... He was supported by the United left. States against Iran. You keep trying to resort to labels. We're not leftists. We, we defy labels. They're willing to put themselves on the line. Now you put yourself on the line. Are you willing to put yourself on the line? In those anti-war demonstrations. Have you been in the military? Have you been in the military? I know you did it critically. Have you been in the military? Which one? Have you been in any American military? No, but there's a good reason. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter what the reason is. The reason. It doesn't matter what the reason is. It doesn't because because it's usually the people that talk toughest. All of the the pro-war people. In 1958, uh, and after that, I was no longer eligible. But it and seems like Dick Cheney you know, and every other chicken hawk has an excuse. They're always I war, 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 like war, war. But when I have to fight, forget it. I wasn't right. about to go into a war that I thought was a, an imperialist war. I'm just like you guys. Okay, so we're uh, on the same page it again. An imperialist war. I was sure wrong. it was. You were right. You should have trusted your instincts. <laughs> Can I ask you a quick question on that? You went from a leftist, you say, and a ramp from a Marxist, actually. Yeah, my parents were communists. They okay. were members of the party. Um, do you feel that that was so that you were a Marxist only because your parents' influence, and that oh, as no. you as it's you grew in the world, just like it's yours. So why did you change? I mean, I was innately uh, who I, I was I from birth. I will. You were a what? I'm innate. I was innately who I am now from birth. Correct. I, I didn't change any political affiliations yeah, at any well, time in my life. Young, and, uh, you know, at the rate you're going, you I look exactly. I look However, exactly like if you. You're interested. I look exactly if you're like really you. Interested. We're about the same. Age. I used to be a libertarian. About this called Radical Sun, which, if you didn't have uh, professors who considered themselves political activists first and scholars way back, like Mr. Levine. If you didn't have a wonderful like debater, that, Mark Levine, aware of Radical Sun, uh, and you would have had to read it in some course on uh, you know American post-war history.
but I will send you a copy if you send me a mailing address, uh, okay. and if you promise to read it. I don't want to send it to you. you <laughs> Correct. Read it. That's a fair deal. And it will tell you exactly how I thought and why I changed. That's good. And did you did you notice that you paralleled uh, the same path that uh, Billy's dad Irving did? Billy Crystal's dad. No, Irving, Irving Crystal was never really a leftist. He was a you know a casual you know had a casual infatuation with Trotskyist ideas in, in 1938 for about a year. If you read read read, I'm, I'm sure you haven't read his memoir stuff, but he he was never a real leftist. And neither was Norman Podhoritz, who's the next one you're going to bring up. <laughs> How do you know? Because I know Norman. And I, you know, he was a, he, he edited Commentary, which was a liberal magazine. He was a liberal. But, um, I, you know, I was a, you know, my hero was like Paul Robeson. I went to commie camp when I was a kid. Uh, you know, uh, my well, entire community were communists. I went to punk rock camp, and then... Uh, uh, <laughs> I've always been centered, right right in the center, always my whole life. I've been centered and non-mainstream simultaneously. All right, well, David Horowitz, thanks so much for being with well, us today. Both of you, and I, I mean it, friends, for both of you. If you want to read that book, I, I, I will send we'll, you a free copy okay, we'll call, from the uh, mailing address. We'll, okay. we'll get to you by email. Uh, let me All just right. one last word. Do you have, So what's the final solution uh, for, for the Middle East, then, since... All we oh. do is argue about it. What, what do you when think the final facing, solution is? Uh, when you're facing Nazis, the first thing you have to do is defeat them militarily. And then you can talk. And then normal people come out of the woodwork. Right now is absolutely no hope of any peace of the Middle East. And Bush is out of his gourd and Condoleezza Rice even more so, that they think that they're going to have a peace conference with people who want to push the Jews into the sea. If there, if there was a solution... Clinton certainly would have had it. He had 97% of what they were asking for, which is, you know, certainly the beginning of a compromise. And and Arafat's response was to blow innocent children up. Okay, David, we we got to wrap up. We're out of time. But uh, anyway, look, thank you guys. I appreciate it. And I, thank I, you I had for a lot of fun. I hope good. you did too. We did. And. Uh, Okay, David Horowitz, and uh, it's Front Page Magazine, uh, frontpagemag.com, and uh, we disagree with you on a lot of things, but it was good to have you, and uh, thanks for being here. And thank you. Okay, so uh, TR, thanks for setting that up, and uh, it was quite a lively debate, and... Uh, I should say it was. He held his own pretty well against the two of us. You know? uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, Not intellectually, but verbally, <laughs> I thought. So uh, too bad we didn't get the other guests, but it was, it was good as it was, and uh, really appreciate it. Next week, I will have a really uh, special guest, uh, Naomi Wolf, and we're going to be talking about her book, The End of America, Letter of Warning to a Young Patriot, and I'm sure uh, David Horowitz will have uh, plenty of disagreement with that. Uh, but anyway, so that'll be a, a good show. Naomi Wolf. The End of America, Letter of Warning to a Young Patriot. Thanks again, TR, for setting everything up today. And I'll make sure to email the blurb on that up to David so he can listen to that show. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, So we are out of time here. I am going to leave you with some music uh, by uh, my my good friends, the uh, Los Dugans. And Your Dog's Breakfast will be coming up in just a minute, uh, About actually about two minutes. Your Dog's Breakfast with writer Paul Meir. Always good stuff. And this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, also on the web at KUCI.org. Send me some email feedback, rglarson at KUCI.org. And um, I'll be uh, talking to you next week. Robert Larson and T.R. Black saying, until then.